What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 71, the Dylan Larkin episode. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. And I'm going to preface tonight by saying uh, I really want to title this episode The Harbingers of Reality because we are going to get really, really happy and then we are going to be kind of real for a bit. But first, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Wings game's on, so I'm probably going to yell like a minute ahead of you guys reacting to anything. So it's going to be like living in a weird You live in the future. Yeah. We're now now. Props Tyler. to anyone that gets that joke. Well, Ryan, next time, uh, next time we hang out, if you ruin some of these games for me, you're gonna get a punch for every time you ruin it. So you might want to think. I mean, if we're actually hanging out, you would be there to see what's happening <laughs> as it happens. I'm so about every time I'm gonna tally it up. He's saying retrospectively, he is going to hit you for every time you have ruined a game for him. Eh, whatever. So no, Ryan, well, I'm glad a pretty tough kid. I think, I think you'd be able to take that, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. We had a great time at the uh, home opener and uh, Ryan, thank you for letting us stay over. That was a great time. I Absolutely. Think a decent amount of alcohol, but the home opener was awesome. LCA couldn't have been louder. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll get more into the actual X's and O's part of the game, but yeah, that was a fun experience. Yeah. That's what we're going to start out with tonight is, Uh, We want to give like a huge thank you and shout out to our entire like Twitter family that came out to LCA. We had an awesome time. We had like four tables at Harry's, which is the bar on the LCA. And we had people in and out all night. We saw Sarah. We saw Marissa. We saw Ben. I mean, anyone who's anyone on hockey Twitter, basically, besides the Australians were there. So it was Really cool to see everyone, to put faces to Twitter handles, uh, for people to come drink with us. It was an awesome experience. And like Tyler said, LCA could not have been louder. And I think Dylan, uh, not Dylan Larkin, but Anthony Mantha actually mentioned that during one of his post-game interviews. Yep, he did. That that's the loudest he's ever heard that building. And it was electric. So I want to thank everyone who came out, who said hi to us, who had a drink with us, who got a picture with us. Uh, those pictures are up on Twitter with awesome messages from everyone, but it was a really cool experience. As well as Greg's favorite outlet, Facebook. Yeah. But, uh, it will, <laughs> did you put them on Facebook? I did. I put a couple of them up there. But uh, it nice. will be done again. We will have to see everyone again and go to another game because it was, I mean, it was the coolest experience. So, thank I think it the was. next game should be the last game of the year. I think that would be a pretty good idea. Yeah, we're going to try. I think we're going to try and get the Australians to the last game of the year. Are we talking about a GoFundMe for those guys? Yeah, pending their schedules work out, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to a couple of them. And if they can actually make the trip, then we might start a GoFundMe to bring our Australians in town. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, we are going to talk a bit tonight about the first two games of the season. As you know, the Red Wings are 2-0 and oh, and have had a pretty tremendous start to the season. Uh, So have the Grand Rapids Griffins, but first we're going to start with the Wings. So the Wings so far, we opened our season with the Nashville Predators. We opened our home uh, season with the Dallas Stars. Those were both pretty big wins. And I think the biggest thing we can take out of both of them is Anthony Manta is uh, on fire. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. He Um, hasn't stopped being on fire. 
Yeah, is Anthony Mantha, and he's shown that if he can keep up his his pace and move his feet, move his body every night, he can do some amazing things, which is why he was drafted where he was drafted. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Anthony Mantha. And I guess it's just what what have you seen in him so far this season that we maybe didn't see the first half of the season? And I guess I'll I'll ask Tyler first. I mean, I just see him stopping on pucks. I see him playing a little bit more defense. I also see him – he looks like he's gotten faster. I don't know if that's that's something that he worked on in the offseason. I didn't see a he whole did. lot from him in he the He worked on speed skating. He, he definitely looks a lot faster. He looks more dangerous out there, for, for lack of a better term. He looks like he's, uh, he's going to be that goal scorer that we all hoped and dreamed that he would become. That's what – and then the dude's shot is ridiculous. I think he's working on the one-timer more, too. Because if you see, instead of him being in front of the net, they have him, like, higher up where he can get those one tees. Kind of like he scored, I believe it was the third goal, or was it the was it the fourth goal, the one tee that he had? Or his, no. His first and fourth. First and fourth. Well, you know, so, like, it feels like they're working him in on the power play, which which is good because we don't have anybody – on the power play outside of Mike green that can shoot from that area. Yeah. They're parking him in kind of like the OV office, right? Yeah, exactly. And, that, and and that's, that's good. You know, we haven't had a player like that in a long, long, long time. No. And I think he should, they should, they need to put Mantha because I think Mantha's mo- if he keeps up this pace, Mantha's most likely going to go to the all-star game. Yeah. Probably and, going back to Marion Hosa, that was probably the last guy that could shoot from that area that Franzen. Know, uh, Franzen and Franzen. But like Marion Hosa was was lethal there, you know what I mean? Like, obviously not Ovi like, but no. Yeah, I think there. if they if Mantha goes to the All Star game, they're gonna have to put him in the the hardest shot competition because he's he's firing abs rockets, which is pretty insane. And I mean, we knew he could do it; it was just a matter of him actually doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it looks uh, like the effort level is is there more as well. Like it, it looks like he's actually. Like, not half-assed. I mean, I know it's only two games in, so, you know, what's going to happen when they play a team like, you know, Los Angeles on a Thursday night at Little Caesars Arena or something, you know, in the middle of January? What's going to happen at that point? But it's very early in the season, and so far, so good. That's what I would say. And you can yeah, only Ryan. say that type of comment about tonight with, with, with Anaheim being in, yeah, yeah, that, in the building. A, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, Ryan, what are you seeing from Mantha? I think what I've noticed, I apologize for the voice. It's still, it's uh, slowly going away since the home opener. So I did yell off a lot. Oh, I but, was rough uh, the next day too. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing about Mantha in these first couple games is that he's taking over the ice. Kind of like what we saw Larkin do last year, but Mantha's doing it and then some. I mean, he is in the middle of every single play right now with that top line and he's throwing the body. I mean, he saw it on the one goal where he did the wraparound in front of the net. He's driving hard to the net and he's also doing it smart. He's not putting himself in a bad position. He's skating at both ends of the ice and he's just right now what you would expect of a a top end player in the league. And he's, it's, it's been impressive. It's two and a half games in now because we're midway through the second here. And he really hasn't lost much of a step. And the other thing, too, is that he is just shooting the damn puck. Yeah, and every chance he gets. Yes, but they're not bad shots, I think, no. so far. That's what that's the difference maker. 
like the couple of goals, like he's put the puck in pretty much everywhere. He's gone along the ice. He's gotten one just over the pads. He's gone top shelf. He's not, he, he has found his spots. I mean, you can talk about the, the Austin Matthews shot all day, but I almost say that the way he's looking right now, it's, you could put them on the same level at, in certain fashion. Yeah. I, and I'm Shout trying wise. to pull it up. Yeah. I'm trying to pull it up right now to see what his shooting percentage is. But I mean, I I'd venture to say 70% of his shots are on net uh, around there. And it's, he's shooting it hard. He's shooting it accurate. He's making moves, uh, moving guys out of the front of the net and just getting, getting the puck in. Um, but I think one of the big things, and if, if you haven't seen the article in the athletic from max is that over the summer, Anthony Mantha lost his, I think it was his trainer. Mm-hmm. Trainer and um, best friend. Yeah. Matt Latour who oh. passed away this summer. So Mantha, Mantha's basically dedicating his season to Matt uh, after after what happened mm-hmm. uh, this season. So oh. if, if he needed something to fire him up, besides, you know, Steve Iserman um, coming in, and I think a lot of people have said the presence of Steve Iserman alone is probably going to fire up a lot of the guys. Mm-hmm. But it's going a little bit further and losing one of his, his best friends and his trainer maybe has opened his eyes a little bit, has made him realize that he's doing all this training for a reason. He needs to be the best player he can be on the ice every night just to honor his friend's memory. So I think that's a big part of it too, but it looks like Mantha is, is coming on. Like, like we always knew he wouldn't kind of like we figured he would after he put up that big performance in the world tournament. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We've been harping him ever since then. Yeah. And I mean, we knew it was going to happen eventually, but I mean, I wouldn't maybe consider him a late bloomer because the skill set has always been there and the talent has always been there. I think it was sometimes some nights a work ethic sort of issue where he would give up on plays if they weren't going his way or Mm -hmm. or not take chances if they weren't going in. But if he keeps up consistently and again, it's two games, but if he keeps this up, this is going to be pretty dangerous. But to go along with that is is his line mates so i think they're dubbing them now the mlb line uh mantha oh, larkin, really? bertuzzi. yeah that's what i've seen seen recently but the mantha larkin bertuzzi line who um bert is on fire um larkin is larkin you know i mean mm-hmm. you, you can't larkin can almost do no wrong but the the mlb line i think is going is a been a dominant line in the in again the two games they played well i mean but they got a combined 16 points in two two and a half game they games do worth of here so Which i think that a, says it all it's a great stat line and only the second line technically you could say has any other points because that's glenn denning philip and Arosi. that is officially their second line i do believe and they only have a combined four points the fact that Luke Glendening is on the second line just really tells you what position the team is in. But whatever. So, so what we're what we're gonna say though is that Mantha, Larkin, and Bertuzzi are doing all the work right now. So Mantha has five goals and two assists in two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bert's got two goals and three assists in two games, and Larks has three assists and one goal. So that's seven points, five points, and four points. They're all plus players. I'll tell you one thing, Greg. Me and Ryan sat next to each other watching, obviously, the home opener. 
And like one thing that was very evident to both of us is we have one line and that's it. Everybody else sucks offensively. Yeah. Part. Well, and well, everyone else is noticing that too. It's, yeah. It's well, <laughs> obvious statement, but like it's it's evident. I mean, like literally, how many we watched that first period in in that Dallas game. How many times did they dump the puck in and give it away? Oh, that was that was the most frustrating part. I think was the dump and that chase. Was the most, the, when it wasn't the first dump, line, it was it is effective. If you're if you're gonna do that when it's not working, then that's when you need to start making adjustments. And if if a coaching staff isn't gonna see that, then that's not the right coaching staff to go forward with. That's my thing. Yeah. I don't know if you can necessarily with with the roster make. I, it's so stupid, but at the same time, they they don't have guys that can skillfully bring the puck in. That's yeah, the problem. That, that's my no. point. That's why I don't but then they also, it. to that point as well, is the fact that they're still doing this and they also don't have the skilled type of players to go get the puck. Yeah, so well. So it, it's a double-edged negative sword. I the puck and being good on the forecheck has nothing to do with you being skilled. I think it just has to do with effort level. And if the effort level wasn't there, which it was yeah. not in that first period, then – you know, well, you the first period, yeah, but after that, even still, you have to have skill to maintain the puck. Yeah, and that's no, that's where they lack outside that top line. Now they've got enough. They, thankfully, this team is faster, I think, this year than they were last year, and that is a huge benefit because some of these teams that they they have lucked out in how they that came into the Dallas game because Dallas was it, like Detroit at the tail end of a back to back game, so. I don't know. It's go ahead and say say your point, Greg. I know it's been killing you. Well, the really telling thing is in two games, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We've got nine goals in two games, mm-hmm. but eight of them are from Mantha Bertuzzi and Larkin, and you've got one from Glenn Denning. Yep. So you know your your first line is clicking, but you have zero secondary scoring right now. <sighs> Athanasiu is back tonight, dude. Athanasiu he's flying. Is- He's had a couple good looks, but so far he's been a non-factor. That's he the thing. He almost had a great assist just now that you guys will see in about 45 seconds. So what happens <laughs> What happens is pretty soon you, you might have one of the top five first lines in hockey this year. Would be phenomenal, awesome for their development. Your secondary scoring, if it's gone and you, and you can't get anything. Yes. Sorry. If you're, thank you, Ryan. Don't tell me. I'm gonna mute. <laughs> if you, so if you can't get anything from your secondary scoring, that's a big issue, and your your top line cannot carry you through every game, especially when your defense is is turning the puck over like our defense is turning the puck over, which has been which has been the issue, because we saw it, is that there was a lot of turnovers in the uh la- in the game against Dallas. Yeah, they sure turned the puck over a lot against Dallas. Our defense is still spotty because partially because they're young mm-hmm. and partially because, I mean, we've still got guys like Daly, who is now injured. Um, Erickson hasn't Does, played. Did that come out? I missed, I missed that. I, I haven't seen an exact injury report, but it's, I mean, it's Daly. But you've got guys that are that are still playing that are a little bit defensively shoddy until they start learning more, get another year under their belt. And 
we don't have the defense to carry just a top line of scoring. So I yeah, think the 100%. point is, is, is that if, if the secondary scoring doesn't start clicking, we're going to be in a world of trouble when they double triple team our top line people and know that they barely have to play defense on our, I mean, I guess bottom three lines, which are almost all fourth lines anyways. Right. Yeah. I guess what's kind of nice is that during this conversation right here is that when I inadvertently screamed into everyone's ear is that we did finally get some se- secondary scoring. Granted, it was the second line again on that heroic blast from the circle, but it came from a drive by Anthony CU who we would expect him to do as much. And then they had controlled puck play with Hiroshi, him and Heronic playing pretty much keep away from uh, Anaheim's, Anaheim's defense that which finally led to a goal. So that's what they need. But the problem is, is after that second line, where's it going to come from? That That's the issue kind of to your point, because if those third and fourth line, I mean, I think that the line with Ernie could do some damage because he, I have liked the way that he is. Looks so Ernie has looked great games. Yeah. I, I almost wouldn't be upset with, he was the, on the wing with Anthony CU, but I, the, I think Glenn Denning there is his safe, safety so he can cover down the defensive piece on it but um i think glenn I mean, Denning is there third, purely for face-offs yeah that too but the third and fourth line i mean we know what the top 4d can provide but everyone's still too much offensive minded other than de kaiser and nemeth and DeKaiser still can get caught himself, get caught up too much, a little bit too much. While Nemeth is probably the only true stay at home defenseman that's on he's this still top had some six mistakes too. Uh-huh. He's, he he's looks, better he looks than back. I expected though. Yeah. He, he's very sound. He, he stays home. He, he doesn't let too many people get by him. So I think that's the one benefit to the lack of overall skill. And I kind of mentioned this with the forwards is that there's a lot of speed on this roster right now that kind of helps them and saves them. I mean, maybe they're playing with just a lot of uh, um, excitement, if you will. Moxie. But they're get, yeah, but they're getting back. They're making plays. They're actually kind of talking about the wings back check right now. And Larkin just came from back from the offensive zone and broke up a play at the blue line. So it's stuff like that that they're going to need. And obviously it's a team game, so they need the, to play team defense and cannot rely on one or two guys that do it all for them. Well, I think what would help in that respect is the development of Madison Bowie. Yep. Uh, Madison Bowie showed a pretty great offensive upside in the preseason and in uh, camp. And if he can work on his defense and, and become a solid middle pairing guy, then I think that would help us quite a bit. And I think another thing that helps Bowie is Bowie's just like a real down to earth guy. He's very humble. Um, he knows where he came from, uh, though. I hate listening to it. I, uh, he was on the red and white authority recently mm-hmm. and just, he, he knows what it takes to win. He was on the capitals Stanley cup winning team and, and he knows what he has to do and what the team has to do. And he showed that he does have an offensive upside. I mean, he was like a captain in, in Kelowna in juniors. So I think if he can develop a, a stronger defensive side to him and he's shown, he's so he's shown some good defensive movement. He's been able to take pucks away from guys and, and block shots and get in the way. So if he can develop that a little more, I think he has the natural offensive side to him that could mm-hmm. help. 
but again, yeah, you're it'll kind of being, speak to his offensive side by being more sound on the other end. Yeah. But again, you're being blocked like guys, uh, blocked by guys like daily and you're being blocked by guys like Erickson. And I guess to a lesser extent, Mike green, um, because Mike green is not the fastest guy anymore. And he's Mike green is also not a defensive defenseman. So right. you're, you're losing out on the defense. And, and like we've said, your top line's not going to be able to, to carry you through games. You're going to need secondary scoring, which was why I was kind of excited yesterday when they announced the IR moves and recalled, um, they recalled Oliver Kasky, uh, Evgeny Svechnikov, Ryan Kuffner, and um, Biga. Is it Biga? Biega? It's Biega. Alex Biega. Yeah. yeah, Alex Biega, who we traded for in the middle of the night. We sent David Pope to Vancouver for Alex Biega. Uh, and Pretty much an 30, HL move. Yeah, he's 31. He'll be a good filler, so we don't have to, like, say, burn Sider's contract or we don't have to uh, bring in Hicketts and wave him, or mm-hmm. uh, I guess to a lesser extent, Lashoff, which uh, to me doesn't matter. Lashoff just needs to stay with the Griffins. But Viega's only played something like 145 NHL games. He doesn't have a big offensive upside. He says that his strengths are his skating and his defense. And I mean, I haven't really paid much attention, um, but he's he's just a guy that's that could come in if needed in a role for injury. We've got too many injured defensemen and, and fill in, but I got kind of excited when Svechnikov got called up because I think we all really want to see succeed. And I think he could bring an office, an offensive punch to that second line. You'd have to sacrifice a little bit of defense by moving Athens to to center. But I think if you had a second line of Athens to Hiroshi Svechnikov, that could be a scoring line. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I would, I was really hoping to see Svech in the in the lineup tonight, but I can see kind of why I'm assuming he probably didn't get there till late today, even though it was a late call up yesterday. I think it was, but that is, we've kind of talked about it before. He's someone I, I definitely want to see in this roster to just to see what can happen. The, Pope deal, losing him, we're definitely not hurt by it. No. But Biega is definitely a head-scratcher, I guess you could say. I haven't yeah. seen – I haven't been able to read into it further about really why they made the trade. And I know there's a couple comments made that Blaschel gave his list of things as to why. I think I saw he was a big compete guy. So that was part of the reasoning. But I think the biggest thing is – like you said, you don't burn a guy going through the waivers that you don't necessarily want to lose right now. So I think it's just a stopgap until one or more guys are healthy. And then he gets sent back down, hope uh, likely clears waivers. And then now we have another log jam in Grand Rapids for defense. Yeah, I don't think they or somebody do, else gets traded. Yeah, I don't think they want to do too much. And that was one of the things that was mentioned is they expect more trades to come throughout the year. But I don't. I feel like they don't want to do a lot of recalling from Grand Rapids as to not disturb that roster, because that is a. I mean, that's a instant Calder Cup contention team right there. Uh, and we're going to talk about them. And I guess we can just talk about them now. They absolutely destroyed in their first game. Now their defense was also a little suspect. 
Um, but in, in one game played, Matt Ford has two goals. Chris Terry has a goal. Rasmussen has a goal. Giovanni Smith has a goal. Oliver Kasky has a goal. Ryan Kofner. I mean, they absolutely destroyed. They scored eight for those that were trying to count right there. Yeah, they, they sure. it was eight, something like eight to five. Um, but Ford's got four points. Chris Terry has three points. Michael Rasmussen has two points. And they looked good. It was a good game. Um, a guy that I guess I think we all are also hoping develops into a solid uh, third, fourth line player. Giovanni Smith had a goal and an assist in that game. And he is, I mean, Smith, he had a Gordie Howe hat trick. He also had a fight. So nice. uh, it, Grand Rapids um, is setting up to be a, a pretty good team. Cider had his first point and was a plus three. I mean, I guess the big thing that came out of it that people instantly gripped onto was Joe Valeno and Philip Zadino were both minus one. So they really harped on that and started calling Zadina a bust again. So yeah, but overall I think Grand Rapids is, is going to go pretty far this year. They've got one of the, probably the most stacked teams in the AHL. Did you watch any of the highlights from the game? No, I haven't had an opportunity to yet. I'm assuming you did. Yeah. I mean, everything that I saw, I mean, they, of course they look good because you've got a ton of top picks and top end talent. You've got three players that are rated. I think the top in the top 30 in the NHL prospect pool on that team. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, no, I, I need to get the AHL TV because I need to start seeing how these guys are doing or go through our insiders out there to get the lowdown on what's been going on because there's going to be a lot more excitement. Most likely granted, I can't, I should eat my words a little bit because so far these first three wings games have been pretty exciting. That final sequence to close out the period with Heronic score, finally scoring. I mean, there's these guys are flying and they're making plays. And if that's going to be the same thing in grand Rapids, it's going to be a lot of good hockey to watch this year. We'll have to get Keith on uh, to talk about the Griffins. Some of the guys from grand Rapids to come on and and talk Griffins with us. But uh, Tyler, have you been able to look at anything? Yeah, so I mean, I saw I saw one of the goals. I didn't I, I didn't get to watch the highlights because, like I said, I was traveling yesterday, and you know that flight was about as brutal as it gets, flying in at six thirty in the morning or whatever it was. So I mean, I, I haven't really got to see a ton of it. You know, it's good to see Kasky gets his first goal. It's good to see Svechnikov played good. I mean, I don't really read into the Baleno and Zadina didn't do a whole lot. I mean, it's their first game. Well, no, not Zadina's first game in the AHL, but it's Baleno's first. It's the first game, game of the season. And it's the first game of the year. I mean, one game doesn't tell the whole story. I will tell you one thing: Zadina's going to break through at some point, and I think Baleno will at some point as well. And I'll go backwards a little bit. That Diego thing, because I didn't really get to comment on it. I mean, it kind of, kind of surprised me a little bit that they would go and get someone else. I didn't think they really needed much on the on the back end, and if they do, then they just bring someone up from Grand Rapids, like Kasky, who's already played with men. So, like, well, they did bring that, up Kasky today, and then they sent him back. No, I yeah, they sent him right back. But, like, why would you? Why would you bring him up and then and then? you already had traded for Biega. It's just, to me, it doesn't make sense. That's the first thing. The second thing is like, uh, the, I wanted to just make a little bit of a comparison. Do you remember when, when Anthony Mantha was supposed to make the team out of camp and then he broke his leg and 
pretty much Bab. I think was that Babcock at that at the point in time. I think it still was Babcock because he was going to make the team and it was going to be a huge deal because you know Bab- no rookies hardly ever made the team on Babcock. Uh, so so there was that, and then there was the next year where he struggled and the whole spare part thing. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe Zadina can kind of learn from that and and learn to to kind of just embrace playing in the AHL and just start ripping it up and then eventually, you know, get to the NHL level and kind of do the same thing. Kind of use use Mantha as a blueprint, if you will. But Yeah, that was another thing that people put up on Twitter after Mantha had his four-goal night was that Ken Holland at one time called him a spare part in the AHL, which was like... Was it Holland or was it Devilano? No, I thought it was Holland. No, that was Jimmy D that said that. Yeah, I'm. Pr- I thought that was Devilano that said that. I'm like 95 percent sure that was Devilano that said that. But I mean, anyways, I mean, like the the Griffin. It, it was Griffin. said, but I definitely remember because I remember. I'm pretty sure Jimmy D said that, and it was it caused a bit of an outrage at the time. Uh, posted on the found on Reddit right now. Andy Mantha was a spare part in the AHL Calder Cup playoffs a year ago. Why does anyone think he's going to be the answer in Detroit? And that was a quote from Ken Holland. Oh, really? Yeah. So that is um, one beats two that time. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing you, you want to shove in someone's face after you, you have the start to the season like you're having now. Can we just talk about one other thing here? And I, I know we were still kind of touching on the AHL, but what did you guys think of the wings when they got pushed in Nashville, they pushed back and won the game. I think that says a lot. Well, they, when they pushed back is a big, a big kind of qualifier. And if you mean when the top line pushed back, I agree. So they have, they have the ability to take over a game. We've seen it, which is great. Yes. Which is great. As long as the rest of the teams follow the rest of the team follows suit and I think that's what we kind of need to move into is is we need to be realistic. Um, what I know we're all happy and got the highs of of the of winning two games in a row in pretty convincing fashion. Well, not convincing. I mean, convincing enough fashion, but they've survived and we're not being negative and we're not bringing everyone down because we're happy. Right. We're all happy that we've won two games and that they've looked as good as they have. But. We need to be realistic. So both teams, Dallas and uh, Nashville, both play their backup goalie. Granted, UC Saros is the starting goaltender of the future in Nashville. He will replace Pecorine. What I'm guessing will happen is Pecorine will probably get taken by uh, Seattle in the expansion, maybe. Mm, but He's going to be about 37 by that point. I think he'll be 39. Is he? I think so. Yeah, either way, but, he's going to be high 30s. But, That's weird to think about that he's going to be 39 years old. Yeah, but you see, first came into the league. UC Saros is going to be the goaltender of the future in Nashville, but right now he's a backup. You played Anton Hudobin in uh, against Dallas. So, I mean, he's decent, but again, he's a backup goaltender. So, where they wins, yes. Do you win that Dallas game if uh, do you win that Dallas game if Bishop's in net? Hard to say. It's going to be very close. He, like B- Bishop always plays out of his ass against Detroit, so yeah. So maybe Mantha gets two goals. Maybe Mantha gets three goals. 
you, you don't know. Again, you could you could reverse it on me and say, well, what if Jimmy Howard played against Dallas? But again, what if Ben Bishop played against us? So are they doing very well? Yes. Do they look very well? Yes. But I think we need to temper our expectations because there are already people yelling that we're a playoff team when without taking literally anything into account as far as scoring. Yeah. You can't go 82 and 0 without winning the first teams. But I yelled, I yelled 82 and 0 right after it won the game. <laughs> yeah. Brian heard me. He's like, you asshole. Yeah. But we all, we all need to be a little realistic in the fact that it's a tough season. Uh, as soon as they start countering that top line and nothing else happens, it's not just us losing one goal games. It's us getting blown out. It's us scoring one and the other team scoring four or five because the defense gives turnovers. It's Daly and Erickson coming back from injury. There's a lot of factors that can hurt this team if they, I guess, for lack of a better term, get their shit together. As well, good as they've hope. been. There is hope that, you know, Athanasiu comes back and starts putting up some points on that second line. You got Svechnikov or Hiroshi. They already got one. Uh, yeah, exactly. He does have a point in the game. Uh, I mean, you got Hiroshi, who who can put the puck in the net here and there. Uh, maybe get some production from the back end, like Chalosky and Hironik and even Mike Green a little bit. Like, I mean, there definitely is hope because, I mean, you're not going to say Valtteri Filippola is going to put up 60 points. Like, that's not going to happen. No, but you hope Filippola puts up 30 you yeah, want thirty plus up. from him, and that's that's going to be a good year because that's the role that he's there to do. Exactly, and so like, I mean, who's to say that this first line doesn't get broken up if the team starts to struggle a little bit? Oh, that top uh, line's not possible. going anywhere. Eh, it, you never know. The you only know. the only thing that's going to happen is if they're going for some something crazy, and they make a switch of like Bert for Anthony Sue or something like that. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I don't mean that they're going to break it up entirely. But, I mean, I could see them substituting here and there. Kinda. The only thing I could see is that if if you had someone else come in, like if you had an injury, and, uh, like Hiroshi went down or something, and you called in a Zadina, maybe they bump Burt down a line and put Zadina on the top line. And then that might even out your scoring a bit because that right. could let Athanasiu take shots on net or, or someone take shots on net and Burt clean them up in front of the goal. Right. So something like that could happen, but I think there are other factors that would have to go into it for it to actually happen, for it to materialize into anything. On a side note, it wasn't it good to be at a game and finally not see Jonathan Erickson fucking floating around out there. It was just good to go to a game and see them win because I only saw one win last year and it was the second to last home game. <laughs> it was good to go to a game and to see a bunch of full seats. I yeah, agree. that place was packed and it was absolutely fantastic and i think we need there to reiterate that... again how much the black seats suck i like yeah i don't like it really you do. can see no, through everything it is terrible especially with like, all the red jerseys like look at it right now yep. yeah you, look you at it right every now empty seat you couldn't see anything empty what i mean yes if you pay attention to it you could see the red empty red seats but now with the way it is it's so much worse it looks so bad it. i have to be honest no. i don't find it Looks bad, Tyler. Two against one, right? Majority rules. I feel, I feel like most, yeah, democracy. Most arenas are going for that, anyways. I think it's just a cleaner look, to be honest. 
I think what it yeah. is is a lot of people are saying the Pistons complained because the Pistons have a hard time selling any tickets because they suck. So the blue mixes in better with the black. The blue mixes in better with the black, but the red <laughs> stands out so much. And, yeah. and the red seats definitely helped when there were empty seats, but that was the that home opener was the most packed I've ever seen that arena. It was the loudest I've ever heard that arena and it was absolutely amazing. Doesn't oh, hands down. Even right. even the very first game at LCA, I don't think was that loud. They no, also, not I mean, at all. It wasn't as good of a game, I don't think. Um, I mean, it was Columbus, so it was a, definitely a packed house. But there were so many people that were still just out walking around and just doing God knows what. It just wasn't that. What's that? It was the Minnesota Wild, the first game. Wasn't the Wild? I thought the Jack. Oh, Jackets was last season. I'm sorry. No, no, because I remember. I have a banner at, at work. No, I'm saying Jackets was last season, like the last year's home opener. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So I got it mixed up. But anyways, it's the point still stands. is it, it, that There was no way it was as loud as it was last night or the, the Sunday night. And that game as a whole was just from start to finish. That Other than the first, like we said, it, it, it was a hockey game that you want to see from the wings. And I, we talked about it earlier, I think probably mid to late summer, that – if this top line truly comes together the way that we would have hoped they would, it will transform this team. Yeah. They could be one of the top five top lines in hockey. Yeah. But the other thing too, with that is that this could end up, they could force this team into a bubble situation because if you've got Mm. Manta put it in so many goals and then you got Bertuzzi chipping in and you've got that line clicking on all cylinders, it's going to have that trickle-down effect, much like the Zetterberg and Datsuk line did all those years. Granted, yes, they had much better depth. I get that. However, with the way the league is now and the way this roster could potentially be, especially toward the end of the year, if you got that right injury or two, which brings in a Zadina Svechnikov and they start producing something, they're, this in the, if the back end with the offensive capabilities they have, it could completely transform what this team has. Which is yes, I know there's the tempered expectation and to not get too excited, but it's the that is the to me the biggest what if that could be out there. Yeah, but I still expect them to finish bottom three. Potentially, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's three games in; it's a long ass season, but there's a lot more promise I think in these first couple games than what we saw all of last season, other than maybe the last eight games of the year. The only reason I say so. that. Greg, you say that they're a bottom three team. I think they're better than Ottawa. Actually, I know they're better than Ottawa. I know it's they're not hard to be better. Me, you, and Ryan <laughs> as an entire team could be better than Ottawa. I know they're. That better doesn't than say much. The Kings. I know they're better than the Kings. I mean, that's two. That's two. There's a good chance they're better than, than these guys. They they're better not than better than Buffalo. Than nope. Nope. They're better than Anaheim, I would say. Although Anaheim uh, is a goaltender like uh, Gibson. Yeah, they've also got some, Gibson. This game would be a blowout. Yeah, they've also got some pretty good prospects though, and I like Detroit's do, roster a lot better than Minnesota's roster. Do we have anyone like Matt Dumba? No, but do they have anyone like Dylan Heronic? Larkin under? Do they have anyone like Dylan Larkin up front? This is my question. No, not really. Exactly. But, I mean, it's – you also have to go back to strength of schedule and who you're playing and who's in your division. Yeah, That's the yeah, other part of it. It's going to be the, the worst thing in the world. 
yeah, like we're going to get destroyed by Toronto and we're going to get destroyed by Tampa and we're going to get destroyed by Boston. So it's, it's going to be, we have a rough schedule and it's not, not going to help. So uh, temper your expectations. Like Ryan said, we could be a bubble team. Great. If we're a bubble team, maybe we see Stevie make some moves. I think he's going to make some moves regardless to kind mm-hmm. of sure up the defense situation. I think you'll see him ship, try and ship out people who are in the last years of their contract and, and go from there. But there's something we need to get into before we wrap up tonight. And that is that I told people we would do a little bit of a mailbag. So let me pull up our mailbag questions. So we're going to take the uh, couple first questions from Twitter. Uh, from at the real Kylet one. Do you think the Biga, uh, Biega trade was a result of daily sustaining a long-term injury? This way, the D and Grand Rapids can stay together for a while longer, and the rookies can marinate uh, together. Why else would Stevie make an odd move like this at this time? So I think we kind of answered that a little bit. We're also very mm-hmm. confused by the move because you could call up someone like a lash off, and I don't think he would call up any of the rookie D but uh, again Daly's gone weeks with injuries last season and he at one point like broke his foot or ankle or something and he's I mean he's older he's an older guy and he's toward the end of his career and it's the last uh, year of his contract so I'm guessing Diego was honest what you said just a filler for Daly has to be Basically, it, it, there, there's really no other way around. And I, we definitely did kind of touch on that point. I All mean, the news outlets were just as confused as us. Yeah, you, you don't do that thinking that Viega is going to be your end-all, be-all back there because you've got guys that are equally ready in Grand Rapids. But the problem is, like we said, all of those guys, with the exception of two of them, Koski being one, um, I think it's two is a guess on my part without looking at it, but – everyone has to clear waivers and the guys that you have in grand rapids right now you don't want to have to put through waivers because like you just said you want to keep that group together to let them build and do what they got to do and biega isn't being in detroit and then if he gets waived and brought down that he doesn't impact that in any fashion but it's also a good veteran presence to those guys down there if he does go back down or when he does go back down well i'm pretty perplexed by that trade anyways I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense if if you want to let those, you know, the young defensemen marinate in the AHL. But, I mean, there's no better way to learn than learn in the NHL. So, I mean, it, it, I would have liked to see Kasky come up and just take that spot of daily. But, you know what? I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're just trying to let those players, you know, play together down in the AHL, build some chemistry, and then, you know, eventually bring it up to the NHL level, either if there's an injury or if um, – you know, if, if God forbid, you know, there's some trades or what, or whatever, that kind of thing. Thank but you for reiterating our points, Tyler. Yeah. But it still just doesn't <laughs> make a lot of sense though. Honestly. No, if, no, we agree. It makes no sense. Um, so the second question, we're ever gonna figure out if it's going to make sense or not. No, we won't. But the second question from Twitter is from at no wings attached, uh, top three candidates to step up behind the first line. So, I would say Athanasiu. Athanasiu needs to have another big year. I think Taro Hirose needs to have another big year. And I mean, past that, you can say who needs to step up, but I just, 
don't think it's happening. I, I don't think I could find you a third guy that needs to step up. I guess you could say Justin uh, Ablocator, and for him to step up, he would just have to do something instead of absolutely nothing. But yeah, I, I really can't think of a third person who I could say step up and them actually have the, the wherewithal to do it or the kind of motivation to do it. So I would say you're too main people who need to just go above and beyond what they did last season are Athanasiu and Hiroshi. Yeah. I I think the one that you could say, not necessarily a step up, but one that you would like to see do something like just worthy of anything is going to be Ernie. I think that there's a lot of potential could be there uh, for why they brought him in and what he kind of showed flashes of down at Tampa. Um, so I, I think that I would almost say him providing a spark because I think he has so far, it hasn't clicked yet, but he's had some nice little passes in tight on the net. He's been solid on the body and he's been great defensively. So I think that right there should be the third one of, cause you know, he's going to be seeing mostly third line minutes. So if he's doing these things on the third line, then you know that he's making a spark in that bottom six, which they really don't have right now. Yeah, I think if you wanted to add a defenseman in too, you could add Dennis Chalowski. I think Dennis mm-hmm. Chalowski needs to have a strong start to finish season. Yep. Actually go a full year in the NHL and not lose lose some steam midway through like last season. You know what our fourth line and third line and even second line at times reminds me of? Joachim Anderson. They play good oh, stop. They play good defense, but they have no offensive skill whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Wow. Joachim <laughs> Anderson. You guys remember that plug? He was he was a little fast and played defense and won faceoffs, and that was it. It was so a sweep anyone... that, got, that made the roster. That's all it came down to. <laughs> Tyler, do you have anyone outside the people we mentioned that you would say need to step up behind the first line? Well, I mean, if, if they yes! are bringing him up and he ends up staying um, – with the wings, I would say Svechnikov. I mean, that would be someone that you weren't really expecting to come up and give you something. And then if he does, you know, that's that's a bonus for sure. I don't. Disagree yeah, I would. I don't. No, I would agree with, with Svech. Yeah, uh, if he actually gets the say, time, that's the big thing. Would you say Hironic as well, or what? Well, Hironic had. I mean, Hironic, I think, just needs to continue with what he did last season i think he was what a 0.5 point for game uh per game player i think he just needs to work on his defense yeah absolutely i mean there was times at times last year where you're just like what the hell are you doing dude like i think heronic could be a better mike green if he if he was better defensively than mike green i think he provided the same kind of offensive touch that green did he just needs to work on his defense I will just say yeah. one thing, Ryan. Thanks for not ruining that. I did just see a uh, Dylan Larkin goal to give it. No, oh, he did ruin it. Yell. He yelled yes. <laughs> oh, I just ah, didn't hear. Only it. one of you heard it, so I'll take and, it. And it hasn't happened to me, so thank you, Tyler, for ruining it. <laughs> oh, you God. haven't seen it yet? So no. Nope. Well, I just saw it. It just happened. So, oh, uh, well, you're welcome. So fuck both of you. But we're gonna <laughs> go on to our questions from Facebook. Okay. We've yeah, we do. We well, we have whenever I ask for questions from Facebook, it's only intelligent people that ask me questions. So uh, the one question, and it was kind of long, but we will go over it like this. Um, if Howard, so this is from Alan on Facebook. He asks if Howie gets traded by February, where do you see him going? Uh, New York, Ooh. 
the Islanders, the Rangers, Buffalo or Edmonton. I guess those are the people. Uh, Filipovic came out with a thing that said Howie is is could be dealt. And those are the most likely teams uh, along with San Jose and Calgary that could be landing spots. Um, but if I see Howie getting traded anywhere, Howie would go to a New York team, honestly. But I'm not sure either of the New York teams would need him because the Rangers have Lundqvist. So unless he gets injured, they won't need him. And the Islanders now have Varlamov, I believe. So I don't see them needing Howard either. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, I, I think the Rangers could be a good one. I, Edmonton is all going to, they're going to live and die by Mike Smith. I feel like this season. And I think, <laughs> which is like the worst move. way to die, which is, <laughs> yeah. And that's what I think Calgary did. And that ended up biting them in the ass. Cause when they made that trade originally, it was just like a, what the hell type move. Because I think we were talking about hoping Jimmy was actually going to end up in Calgary and then it never happened. Yep. So I think that Kenny Holland out there and his love for, for Jimmy could be, I think that would be your top spot to watch. And then I think the Rangers with, with Lundquist and yes, I know you're going with two older goaltenders, but you're going with two older proven goaltenders. And I think you can let Lundquist write it out if they get to that point. And then you've got a really good insurance guy with, with Jimmy. So I think to me, those would be the top two choices, but I mean, that's obviously a, a to be seen scenario. If, if that even comes, comes to a head. And the other thing too, is, is he going to stay healthy all season? Yeah. That's the other part of it because Jimmy could go down and then not yeah. get traded anywhere. Cause he's injured. Yep. Yeah. But yeah I, I think I he's still to, got the potential. If I, were Tyler. To, uh, if I were to pick a destination for him, it would not be the Islanders. It certainly wouldn't be the Rangers because they have Georgiev behind Lundqvist. And I think Georgiev, uh, for a lot of people, is the goalie of the future for the Rangers. Uh, So I don't see him going to either of those two teams. I do see him going possibly to a team like maybe the Oilers. I, I do think they would still, they're trying to continue to win or maybe not win, but but continue to try to win with Connor McDavid because you know McDavid is is what twenty three years old now. I mean he's not old, but you know you you got to start maximizing the me- the best you can. They're wasting Connor McDavid, is what you're trying to say. Exactly, and I don't think either of you guys would disagree with that. Now I could see him going to a team like the Oilers. I could also see him going to a team like the Buffalo Sabers. I really don't think Carter Hutton is that great and same with Elias what, what's his name Elias Allmark is that his name yep Linus Allmark yeah. Linus Allmark yeah I don't think either of those guys are very good so if you see a team like Buffalo get into you know a playoff situation or you know get get into a playoff push I can see them going for a guy like him well you know that uh Ken Holland loves old Red Wings he got Yurko and Shan so it's very true yeah so, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of good fits. Although, obviously, you know, goaltending injuries do happen. And, you know, a couple of years ago, you had um, you had Ryan Miller get traded to, to St. Louis because their goalie was hurt. You had um, Ben Bishop get traded to the Kings because Quick was out. Do you guys remember that? I mean, so, like, stuff does happen. It's just a matter of, right now, I don't really see a great fit. I mean, I, there's not a ton of good fits. I guess it depends on where the teams are too. Like the Canucks aren't going to trade for a goalie if they're out of it. nowhere near the playoffs or anything. So, yeah. 
Uh, so our next question from Facebook is from Ben. It says, should Iserman think about doing extensions with his valuable players now or wait until the end of the season? So I think that what we need to kind of think about is that a lot of the players that want extensions are not going to talk extensions now because nope. I mean, someone like Mantha is going to need an extension. And with the season that he's started to have, he's wants to score as many goals as he can to make that money in the off season. Um, would I love to do extensions with those players now? Absolutely. Uh, but most likely contract talks will not start until the last quarter of the season and probably go into the summer. I don't see any reason why the players would want to go now without having proven anything with the, with the role that, that even especially with the Mantha's on with the first two games. Yeah, no, Mantha's not getting signed any, during the season. If he does, it's by the grace of God. Bert, you got to think he's going to be after and knowing who AA's agent is, he's definitely not signed until after the season because of how he's already held out once because of him. So I, all three are not going to be until postseason and wait to see. It's a, it's a prove it, prove it year for all three of these guys. Yes. I know they're, they're restricted free agents, but there's a lot of money on the table that's coming available for the Red Wings team and they are very well aware of it. So, um, no, I don't think it's going to happen. I would love it to happen because that would be the best scenario for them. But them being management, but, you know, it's they're going to be holding out. They're going to want their money. Yeah, your other RFAs, too, are Adam Ernie will be an RFA. Uh, Ryan Kuffner, Tara Horosi, Jacob De La Rose, Evgeny Svechnikov, Christopher N., uh, Madison Bowie, Oliver Kasky, Alex Biego will be a UFA. Mike Green will be a UFA. But, I mean, I don't think you're bringing back De La Rose. I don't think you're bringing back – you might not bring back Christopher N. There will be – this summer, I believe there will be quite a bit of roster shuffle. But your big-name mm-hmm. RFAs, I, I don't think you are – you're signing until the off season or at least late, late in the season after they've already proven what they can do. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I mean, you also got to take into account next year is that – you're going to have Chalowski and Hirona coming up, up as their RFAs as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't see them 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 signing anybody during the during the season. I just think that's there's no point of doing it at this point in time and like, you know, I think the Wings would want to see how it's going to play out before they go committing money to to a player. And 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 the other way around, I think the the player would want to see what they can do before, you know, signing off on something. I, I could see some. The only time I would see a deal happening at this point would be the All Star break. Could be depending on how players are doing. Yeah, if Mantha's having a standout year, I could see Eiserman trying to take that. Be like, all right, you show me this so far. Let's keep it going, and then here's your deal or whatever. But to me, he's the only one I could see doing anything before the season's over. But I still think that all three would be after the season. Right. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, so the last question we have is from Facebook uh, from Samuel Carlson. He wants to know who we believe the next trade will be. And he wanted to give a shout out because he is from Sweden. So uh, we have the who will the next trade be for Iserman? And I, I couldn't tell you who it would be simply because we don't know where a lot of the players are going to to what level I guess they're going to be playing to. But I would say well, he's when he gonna pulls have this Biega to, shit, it's a who knows. 
Yeah, I, I would say the next trade would be a forward. Honestly, uh, moving out someone like Helm to move in a, a rookie or moving out someone like uh, trying to move an, a forward contract to bring in a rookie forward at some point this season. You think Glendale finally gets moved away? Or does Could he somehow jettison advocator? Um, I think you'll more likely find people in the last years of their contracts uh, get traded. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> that's going to be tricky, man. It's hell, so hard, hell, because, and especially because it's Iserman. Mm-hmm. I think your most likely candidates would be Helm, Glenn Denning, or going on the defensive side, going looking back at him, Mike Green, because Green this season has a modified no trade clause that kicks in on February first, and uh, that moves to a, it's a ten team no trade list. So I think that's the one we definitely need to keep an eye on, especially with how the defense is already set right now. Um, and when I say set opens up that spot so guys can come in and actually do something. So I think that, I think that's your most likely candidate. Yeah, I think, I think your most likely candidate actually is a guy like Joe Hicketts. I think if, if they need him and, and they, so you think it'll be a minor league trade. trade? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything big. I think it's going to be something very minor where like, you know, Hicketts, gets called up because they don't really have anybody else. And, you know, basically they, they either have to waive them or trade them. And, and, you know, they end up trading them for like, you know, a fourth or fifth round pick. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not what I think could be legitimate. I think, I think you're onto something there. I mean, we're going to have to make some minor league moves because Griffin's roster is getting pretty packed, but well, especially if Viega ends up getting sent down, and he obviously if he clears, then you have something's got to give, because you you can't tell me you're going to be sending a cider to somewhere else, wherever he can possibly go. You're not going to send Sariari down anywhere. You're not going to send Lindstrom down. So something's going to have to break. I don't think you want to sit that many guys on defense in the AHL. I could see a guy like Billy Sariari getting traded too. Could be. Yeah, I, I think I had that discussion with Jen this weekend or, uh, at the game was that Billy is going to have a hard time making the team simply because he's undersized. So unless he shows a really good defensive upside over some of the people we have, I mean, it's the same with Joe Hicketts. I don't see a spot on the team for him because there are bigger guys that can do the same thing. So, yeah, yeah it's not like it's not like Joe Hicketts is a is a Quinn Hughes type of player where he's no. He unbelievable uh, skill set, you know, offensively and, and that kind of thing. I mean, we thought that that's what it, it, it could could be like, but um, we've kind of been proven wrong in that, in that aspect. Yeah, but I think we're going to move on to final thoughts and we're going to wrap this up tonight. So let's start with Tyler for final thoughts. My final thoughts are the wings are, you know, I mean, it, it's it's early in the season, so don't get your expectations too high. Or, you know, don't don't go too low with them. You know, just kind of roll with what it is. I mean, they're down three one Anaheim. This is exactly the type of season you should expect. You should expect a lot, some highs. You should expect some lows, and you got to just be somewhere in the middle and just in, enjoy the ride because it's going to be a long little ride here for for the rebuild. But once once we get there, you know, it's going to be fun to. to to finally be able to watch a competent hockey team again. 
that's my final thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. I think final thoughts for me are the games have been fun. Yes, it's the third game of the season, and they decided to let up two goals in a matter of like a minute apart to be down three to one right now. But the games have been fun. The guys are flying around the ice. And we just get to sit here and bullshit with three guys talking about hockey while it's going on. So it's back. We're having fun. We all get to hang out and watch hockey together, which was fantastic, guys. And there's a lot more to be had. So we'll just keep rolling with it. Rain or shine. Motivational right there. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Twitter's already Ryan33. My final thoughts are going to be once again. Thank you to everyone who came out to the home opener and met us and talked to us and hung out with us. We had an awesome time and we are definitely going to have to do it again. Uh, and Tyler's going to have to move back to Michigan. And, and that's just, that's just what's going to have to happen. So uh, <laughs> Tyler, if you can go ahead and get on that, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> but you can follow so, so, me online. So no, you my can't live at is... Ryan's house. No, 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 I can't live at Ryan's house. Ryan wouldn't <laughs> want me there. I'm I'm too obnoxious, but if I did move, what, does that mean the Wings would be a, a contender right away? Because like if not, then I'm not going to do that. I mean, we won't uh, know yeah, until sure. you do it. It'd make the podcast a hell of a lot easier. Yep. Is that we, we would meet up <laughs> uh, and do it all together? Yeah, we could do it live. Yeah. Put a tracking device on you so we know when to get your ass home. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you can. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Howie's Hockey Tape. If you go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use the code Grindline, you get 10% off your online order. Howie's is a Michigan-made product. They uh, provide supplies to the NHL, the AHL, a bunch of minor league teams. They're also international. They are one of the top hockey tape supply brands on the planet. So go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com. Use promo code GRINDLINE and get 10% off your order. Uh, you coaches who are buying supplies and boosters who are buying supplies for your team, go and save some money. Um, we'd also like to thank Founders, who is the official beer of the GRINDLINE podcast. We should have some more contests uh, with them soon. You can find a podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, everywhere, pretty much. Just go to Google and search our name and go to Redbubble, uh, redbubble.com slash people slash the grind line uh, to check out our merch shop. All of our t-shirts and hoodies and stuff are still currently 10% off. That was all in like two breaths and it was pretty amazing. But for I'm Ryan, pretty impressed. Yeah, for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. Stay classy, Hockey Town.